Faith, Hope and Love, episode 179, the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. This weekend, God's Word emphasises the importance of empathy and compassion, particularly having the eyes of compassion which are not blind to the suffering of others around us. The readings give a big serve to all who enjoy every kind of luxury but are quite ignorant of people in extreme need for even the basic necessities, people who are hidden in plain sight. The Lord wants everyone to know that the sick, the poor, the outcast are very dear to him. They are cherished children as dear to God as the most lofty person on earth. The Lord desperately wants us to see and recognise our fellow brothers and sisters and to respond to them in a practical way, as we would to a brother and sister in need. Their welfare is our welfare, since we belong to the same family of God. This is Faith, Hope and Love. That you have done to us, O Lord, you have done with true judgment. For we have sinned against you and not obeyed your commandments. But give glory to your name and deal with us according to the bounty of your mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Peace and greetings to all of you on this 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time in Year C. This is a time of listening to God's Word. As one family in Christ, let's prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries by calling to mind our sins. Lord Jesus, you are mighty God and Prince of Peace. Lord, have mercy. You are Son of God and the Son of Mary. Christ, have mercy. You are Word made flesh, the splendour of the Father. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good Jesus Christ, only begotten.
Let us pray. O God, who manifest your almighty power above all by pardoning and showing mercy, bestow, we pray, your grace abundantly upon us, and make those hastening to attain your promises heirs to the treasures of heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos. Chapter 6, verses 1 and 4 to 7. Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, Alas for those who are at ease in Zion, and for those who feel secure on Mount Samaria. Alas for those who lie on beds of ivory, and lounge on their couches, and eat lambs from the flock, and calves from the stall, who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp, and like David improvise on instruments of music, who drink wine from bowls, and anoint themselves with the finest oils, but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore they shall now be the first to go into exile, and the revelry of those who lie in ease shall pass away. The Word of the Lord Praise the Lord, my soul. It is the Lord who keeps faith for ever, who is just to those who are oppressed. It is God who gives bread to the hungry, the Lord who sets prisoners free. It is the Lord who gives sight to the blind, who raises up those who are bowed down, the Lord who protects the stranger and upholds the widow and orphan. It is the Lord who loves the just but thwarts the path of the wicked. The Lord will reign for ever. Zion's God from age to age. Praise the Lord, my soul. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Chapter 6, verses 11 to 16. As for you, man of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 
in the presence of God who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandments without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time. He is the blessed and only Sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. It is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no human being has ever seen or can see. To him be honour and eternal dominion. Amen. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Jesus Christ was rich, but he became poor to make you rich out of his poverty. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Jesus told this parable to those among the Pharisees who loved money. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony." Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. The man who had been rich said, Then, Father, I beg you to send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone comes to them from the dead, they will repent. Abraham said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord The parable in this weekend's gospel is often called the story of Lazarus and Dives. 
These are supposedly the names of the poor man, who certainly is called Lazarus, and the rich man, who is actually not named. And I think quite deliberately he is not given a name in this parable. The word dives simply is a Latin word which is translated as rich. So it's actually not a name, but rather a description. In many biblical stories, and in the culture of the time, the importance of the person is often shown by the fact that they're given a name. To know the name of someone is to know and understand the importance of that person. It's quite an error, then, when commentators attempt to give a name to the rich man, when it's clearly not intended in the parable. This story is deliberately turning the usual conventions on their head. Usually the rich and influential person is regarded as so important that they must be given a name in the drama, while the unimportant bit character, insignificant, is the poor person who remains nameless, as well as being without food, shelter or supplies. However, in our Lord's parable, he makes it quite clear that the most important person in this story is Lazarus, the poor man. The whole point of the story is to overturn the usual expectations of status and importance. Tragically, this point is also lost on the rich man, who even in the torment of Hades still misses the point badly. For example, he ignorantly requests Abraham to command Lazarus, who's now in heaven, to cross over to Hades to serve him with a little taste of water. However, his request is rightly denied. Lazarus is poor no longer. He is no longer unseen and without value in the eyes of those around him. He's no longer at the beck and call of the powerful and influential who would only notice him if they were of some practical use to them at the time. And if he was of no use to them, he would be quite invisible to them, which he was most of the time. As St. Basil said in one of his homilies on this parable, Tell us the reason why you have received your possessions. Is it so that God may be unjust? God who unequally distributes those goods necessary to life? Why are you rich and another poor? To the hungry belongs that spare bread that you keep. To the naked, the cloak you keep tucked away. You commit as many injustices as there are people to whom you could give. One of the great failings of the rich man in this parable is that he's ignorant and apathetic to the poverty and need of people around him. These people that he doesn't notice turn out to be his brother and his sister in God's kingdom. So these needy people are co-heirs to the kingdom which this uncaring man will never inherit. This parable invites us to change our way of seeing and looking The gospel tells us in countless ways that the last will be first. Our Lord calls upon us to truly build up a world based on true gospel values, a world and a kingdom which is filled with many people like Lazarus, who are despised now by those who, according to this parable, do not deserve to have a name. This parable leaves no room for doubt. The unnamed rich man tries to say he had no idea about the plight of the poor. However, Father Abraham will have none of this excuse. He dismisses this categorically, saying, You have the word of God to listen to. The words and teachings of Scripture are more than enough 
to guide us in how we should have lived and how we should respond to those in need. In spite of the clarity of the gospel message, we admit that we too can look for excuses or ask for more obvious signs before we respond to what's really an obvious demand of justice and compassion in the scriptures. The priorities of the gospel are really quite plain enough without any further embellishment, without any further signs. We only have to pay attention to look, to listen and to feel. Those who ignore the poor are rejected by the Lord. St. Paul gives us the reason for such behaviour. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Greed leads us to place our trust in money when all true power rightly comes only from God. This is why Paul calls it idolatry. And the poor are victims of this distorted worship which separates people by a great chasm which is unable to be crossed over. But all is not lost. This parable continues on from the earlier parables in this section. Although we're told that the rich man faced a great gulf between himself and the kingdom of God, where Abraham and Lazarus are in paradise, Jesus himself has already given his carefully attentive listeners a hint and a small key. There is actually one way out of this seemingly impossible situation. In theory, this rich man can still be saved. But he's so ignorant that he cannot comprehend it, and so, in practical terms, he will probably never access this reprieve. But, if he were to act just like the foolish younger son did in the parable of the prodigal son, he must come to his senses and see really see the folly of his ways. He must say to his heavenly Father, from the depths of his heart, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against earth. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Because we know from our Lord's own lips what the heavenly Father's response will be to those who realize their error, who awake from their apathy, truly repent and turn back. Again, Luke's gospel is particularly addressed to influential and affluent Gentiles who want to be good Christians. Our Lord did not tell this parable so that people will give up in despair because their unavoidable destiny is turning out to be Hades. He teaches this parable rather to wake up the living, to wake them up from their apathy and get them to show their fraternity to those who are really struggling. Someone once wrote into a publication to share a little example of their own life. They wrote, One day I received an appeal from a reputable foreign mission asking for an aid donation. I wrote a little cheque out to support the mission and I felt really good about myself. Then I went out to the local shopping centre and promptly spent twice as much on discretionary spending. Suddenly my eyes were opened and I was overcome with a sense of shame as I realised the chasm between the two actions. I quickly returned home and wrote five more checks out, doing this to catch just a few more Lazaruses at the door, or even further afield. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. 
I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us place our many needs before God who loves us. That the church may continually offer practical support for the downtrodden and the homeless. Lord, hear us. that those who legislate about welfare in our country may act with understanding and concern. Lord, hear us. That those who feel neglected may persevere in their claims to a life of dignity and respect. Lord, hear us that the elderly may be able to enjoy their retirement years with respect and peace and in the surroundings they prefer. Lord, hear us. For all who are ill, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace and strength for those who care for them. Lord, hear us. For our deceased, that they may now experience the fullness of peace in God's heavenly kingdom, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of love, we have heard your words concerning riches and wealth. Help us to be alert to the needs of others, as we present our prayers, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Grant, O merciful God, that this our offering may find acceptance with you, and that through it the wellspring of all blessing may be laid open before us. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, 
Almighty and Eternal God. For when your children were scattered afar by sin, through the blood of your Son and the power of the Spirit, you gathered them again to yourself, that a people formed as one by the unity of the Trinity, made the body of Christ and the temple of the Holy Spirit, might to the praise of your manifold wisdom be manifest as the church. And so in company with the choirs of angels, we praise you, and with joy we proclaim, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Remember your word to your servant, O Lord, by which you have given me hope. This is my comfort when I am brought low. Let us pray. May this heavenly mystery, O Lord, restore us in mind and body, that we may be co-heirs in glory with Christ, to whose suffering we are united whenever we proclaim his death, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you for giving generously of your time and prayer. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. Prayers and chants are from the English translation of the Roman Missal, edition 3, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. 
Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and revised 2009. National Council of Churches of Christ in USA. The Psalms, a new translation, copyright 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, from Robert Borg, Together We Pray, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, Australia, 1993. Mass in honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, composed and sung by Jeffrey M. Ofstrovsky, featuring the Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love Hymn, dedicated to William J. Kelly, based on 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13, set to original music by Paul W. Kelly, copyright 1996. For more information, contact homilycatholic.blogspot.com. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. May God bless and keep you.